Up there in the sky, it's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One scat officer. One teenage girl webcat. Werecat. Werecat. <laughs> One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Ravi Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight. Totally not a webcat. Professional artist and illustration nerd. <laughs> we are the Handsome Voice Comics Hour. Your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 237. Off to a strong start already. We're professionals. I mean, I'm a professional at some things. Saying dumb words. Yep. I guess I'm. I guess I'm an expert. Hi guys. Hi Hansmites. How are you guys doing out there? We're good. Sounds awesome. sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I heard him. Uh, for book, Nerd Boy Book Club later on, we'll be discussing Man Eaters Volume One. Hence the Werecats. Werecats. Mm-hmm. Hormonal Werecats. Yeah. Estrogen. Mm-hmm. That's later on. <laughs> Before that, we have comic books that came out uh basketball weeks to talk about her. Joy. Joy happy 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 joy joy. As uh mm-hmm. two great scholars of our time once said. It's true. It is time for our first segment. It's time for Floppy's Fortnightly. Floppy's Fortnightly is part of the show where Eric and I will assign assign. No. Where Eric and I will review. <laughs> review. A selection of the past couple weeks books to you to buy or do not buy them. We have a mush meter goes from one to five, depending if we're feeling mushy about a book. Our first book of the week is, I know Eric's right for this one, Deceased. DC East. It's, it's, uh, I know, there's a pun in, in the title. <laughs> Number one, written by Tom Taylor, Art, Trevor, Hairsign, Steph, Stefano, Guadiano, and James Heron. Colors, Rain, Barreto. Letters, Saeda, Timofonte. So... Eric. Robert. Do you remember Marvel Zombies? I'm familiar. And the multiple sequels of Marvel Zombies. The, the the years of Marvel Zombies comics. Many, many, many Marvel Zombies comics. Uh, DC, uh, I guess they <laughs> they remembered that, that it happened once. And they went, well, it's ten years later. Perfect time for us to get on the train. Yeah. Because that's what this is. Well, It's DC Zombies. Great. What do you think, Eric? Are you excited for DC Zombies? DC-ced? <sighs> what about you makes... What about me makes you think I'd be... I could possibly be excited about this. I don't know, Eric. Sometimes you surprise me. Do you think I'm going to surprise you on this? No, I don't. I think you're not going to like... I don't think you like this at all. <laughs> you're. You, that's correct. I don't like it at all. Not even a little? Not even a little. I mean, it. it's not so wretched that I want to, like, jump off of a moving truck. No, this is, this is, um, this is dumb. Yes, it is. It is kind of fun, but I, I, I guess I had really blocked Marvel Zombies out of, of my mind for them to be like, the modern version has the internet in it. (laughs) 
it's like I don't know what 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 sixty five year old man wrote this. This is Tom. Ta- I like Tom Taylor in general. I think he- I I'm I'm fine with Mr. Taylor. I'm I'm think I'm largely unfamiliar uh, with the, the tone of his work. I don't think this can be. This can really. I, I'm not going to judge him by this. I mean, I think you that know? I think that it is largely very quippy. It is a very kind of. It is that that is my impression of you know he he wrote the. Um, I think that's he wrote the uh, the X twenty three Wolverine series. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fairly like quippy, um, and kind of silly, even when very serious and terrible things are happening. Um, I I really like the art in the middle of this, the dark side art. Yeah, with uh, with cyborg in mm-hmm. space, yeah. being crucified for whatever reason. It really is an, a a nice section. It's really nice looking. Um, and not that the other art is bad. I just think it fits the tone of this book the the best. because yeah, I think in this book, the the art in the other sections is you know a little bit more realistic, kind of Jim Lee style guide looking. <laughs> and I don't want this like this. If this book is going to sell itself to me, it's it's about oh this is this is a dumb silly thing with zombies attacking the DC universe. It. It's not real. It's it, it's super. It, like it highlights and accentuates the dumb stuff. It's like yeah, it's a mimetic anti life equation from Dark Side, and it went on the internet, and suddenly now Batman's a zombie. Like that, I think I could be sold on that if it really went for the the kind of the late era Romera zombie kind of thing, where it was clearly not taking itself seriously anymore, instead of the early like early or Zack Snyder zombie uh, movies kind of thing where it's trying to take itself very seriously, Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm going to pass with zombie zombie fiction at this point. I think I feel like we've been inundated with zombie fiction for 25 years. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. It fell right around Marvel zombies was we had like a, a explosion of it. And I think there was enough of that for me to go. I don't really need much zombies anymore unless it is going to try and do some weird new twist i i don't hate this i i think it's fine that's it, really that's where th- I'm at. this is this is a this is a nice house built on a really shitty foundation yeah i i think i'm a, a do not buy unless you like hey if you loved marvel zombies and you wanted more of it, and you kept you got all the Marvel zombies, and you kept and you didn't care that's just, that what it was. This is for you, so go get this. This is this. Th- th- uh, I think this does have promise to just be a dumb, fun comic book, and I think that it is a thing that you can enjoy on that level. I just feel like this combined with the other DC book we read, mm-hmm. read this this uh, this recording. Mm-hmm. DC fans are their own breed. I, it's, it, I don't know. It's always that. I'm not surprised they had the hard pivot away from all of the positive social change that, that creators tried to put into DC. Anyway, no, this book's not for me. If your taste is anywhere, anything roughly aligned to mine, you should not read it. Yeah. I, I concur, but I think, you know, I think this book is basically like, you understand yeah what this is and who's it for. 
for the most part. Um, so it's for the people that love to say the word zombies and people that love to say the word Batman, because they can say both of those words and be correct in describing the story. Uh, double do not buy. Yeah. <laughs> On deceased. <laughs> just saying it. You just love, you just love saying it. Just say it. I think that's my favorite part of it is just saying deceased. Yeah. Um, next up is DC's year of the villain special. Number one with three chapters was chapter one by Scott Snyder, Jim Chung, chapter two, Brian Michael Bennis, Alex Maleev, chapter three, James Tinian, the fourth, and Francis Manipal. Um, this is kicking off DC's Year of the Villain. It was, this is free. This costs nothing. For, it's zero dollars. It's 30 pages of some of villain stuff happening. Lex Luthor doing some big thing. Eric? What's up? You you mentioned already you literally you just you just talked about this and this other book we read. Mm-hmm. What what is what was that uh what is that talking? What were you implying there? I, I big dumb DC event. I don't know. This is the same old song and dance from everything, and this just it just exhausts me. I, I largely, like, I don't find it fun seeing the same drawing of the Batman who laughs again and being expected to be impressed by that. To, to, I just, okay, I I struggle to find the joy in this. What what, what, are, what are your thoughts on it? This, this book just exhausts me. I, I found, I will say this for... Uh, I found the Brian Michael Bendis part the most interesting mm-hmm. of all of it because it is isolated to just, hey, it's Batgirl and mm-hmm. it's Green Arrow and there's this unknown figure that is talking to Batgirl that's about Leviathan, whatever. That's a, a big thing that happening in Superman comics is Leviathan and Bendis is writing Leviathan and whatever that means. We have, I've largely, I felt like if we were going to read any of it, we'd probably have to read all of it and no thank you. Um, I just, it, when this was announced, they're like, oh, it's the year of the villain. I'm like, how is that different from every other year? Uh-huh. How is this any different than, I, I feel like every year has been a DC year of the villain. Like every year, that is the thing they push. We don't get of all the, in all their promotional material. It's the, the Batman who laughs is front is, is, is dark Knight's metal. Like it's all their big events, all the things they get pushed to the front are the villains are it's the edgy stuff even in even in the era where they were trying to push the more socially progressive characters at times there was still along with that they were still pushing the all i remember the the all the the covers the villain covers the that were like metal and you they cost four hundred dollars to buy in the comic book store i know i don't know i don't care about the villains. I don't read. Con- I like. I don't. Most of these villains. I like. Yeah, Lex Luthor is cool. But what? What is? What is this? Oh, he's getting all the villains to beat all the heroes. I don't really care. I don't. It's too big. And I. I don't know if this is actually a criticism of this. It's just a criticism of event comics in general. Like the few event comics that satisfy me nowadays are the ones that are able to drill down into very specific characters. And use those characters to tell the the larger story of this event. I don't... When you show me dozens of characters all going through all these things, 
I, I'm not going, oh, this is epic. I go, oh, this is meaningless. I don't know any mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, I, I, it's not, I mean, it's not that this is actually, like, bad or anything. Like, I think the writing and the, the art are good. It's more like the general direction of this thing is like, I don't care. This is, a, if I'm getting a yet a, a year of DC stories where all the stories are the villain wins, fast forward me to the point where the heroes come back and beat them. Because that's all the, the that's the interesting part. I don't want, I don't need to read. I've read this book before. I guess I don't need to read this again. I, I don't know. This doesn't excite me. It's just okay. I guess I'll be skipping most of these comics. That's what and that's what I end up getting from it. Um, it, it's not. It doesn't exhaust me. It just kind of goes, eh, meh. I don't. This isn't for me. And like that's the same. It's the same thing with DC. Deceased. It's the same kind of thing, like, this is obviously not for me. I am, mm-hmm. I am a, the superhero comics I like are not this. So, I'm a do not buy. I mean, it's free, so whatever. I, if, it, you know, you can, if it's... Well, you, save, you, your, save your zero dollars. It, it, the only cost was my time, but I don't... Not worth it. It wasn't worth my time. You out there in Radio Land can go read this for free in Comixology, and you can decide uh, if you... Like it, or go pick it up at your comic ba- free comic book day at your local comic book store and read it and decide. But I'm I, this is not give me psyched, which is the idea of it. It's a promotional mm-hmm. material. This is supposed to go get ready, get excited. You're going to go buy some comics from us, right? No, this is not. I'm not interested in the direction this is taking. So do not buy. Set it on fire. So tired of it. That's a double do not buy. <laughs> On DC's Year of the Villain special number one. Next up is Delver, number three, written by M.K. Reed and C. Spike Trotman. Art, Clive Hawken. Colors, Martin Alejo. Letters, Ed Duksha. So, some more Delver, Eric. Mm-hmm. Continues to deliver. You enjoy this one? Uh, yeah. You were a little, like it was you were a little, a little... You were a little down on number two. I don't remember... I mean, I... I'm not sure what it was. I think that it just sort of went into directions that I felt like were a little maybe cliched, maybe tropey, maybe expected. I don't really recall. I like this. It it um it focuses on on character and pushing this the plot forward. It's good. It it's we, we've gotten to the point where you pretty much can sense like it's not going to take a hard turn and like Magneto's not going to come in and be a drug, uh, a, a drug addict in this comic. There's not going to be any kind of hard right turn here. No, I think it's fairly, the direction seems fairly clear, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it it is largely, it's still focusing on, focusing on these characters, focusing on, on merit, focusing on, a very small thing and it's not it does not suddenly become a like a D adventure you know it is still kind of a low level struggle you know it is about the the real life implications of if this if it, this was a real thing even if it's not dealing directly with like uh their the family struggles on the surface it is still dealing with the realities of these weird dungeons and how they are not actually romantic. You know, it's not, this is not, oh, yes, we're heroes and we're going to go get some gold. 
uh, no, you're going to go in the dungeon and see dead people and get lost kind of thing. Um, I think like I effectively like this is this whole book is I think that's the, the strength of this this book is that it is kind of blowing a lot of those fantasy oh fantasy tropes up there. They are kind of like dissecting like shining a light not necessarily on like the silliness of the tropes because that's kind of simple. That's a that's an easy thing to do is like, oh, look, yeah. This is a, like oh these these the tropes of a dungeon of a dungeon crawl and we go and get gold and then we come back and we're heroes. That's a simple thing. A D, like anyone's D and D campaign can do that. This is more focusing on, I think, how real life has informed those tropes and about kind of reflecting back on I don't know the way that communities are built and the way that people try and escape the the simple, simple, what they think are simple lives and places they don't like, you know, that is what Merritt is trying to do. Basically, you know, she's, I'm going to go down in the dungeon. I'm going to be a hero now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to escape this life or at least make my old life better. I'm going to, I'm going to enrich my family. And then it turns out, Oh, it, this is not, this is not easy. This is near impossible. I think that's like very interesting in this context, in the context of like a fantasy story, because you have all the trappings around it, but then everything is else is falling apart. But I'm I'm I think yeah I think that I don't know I think that this book is largely going the direction you think it is, but it is I don't know it's not because it's I don't it's not predictable I don't want to use that word but it is executing on a simple idea i think and that's honestly what i want from most of my stories nowadays i think mm-hmm. is just hey take a simple idea follow it and execute and that's what this book does well there's not enough batman zombies in this book double do not buy <laughs> there's not enough every villain in this book doing nothing no, this is good. <laughs> yeah, if you're not reading this, you should pick it up. Go check it out. It's very good. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you have an unlimited... If you have a comics already limited, it is free for you. You can go read it for free. Definitely do that if if you have that already. And I would suggest that getting uh, that... that five, It's $5 a month. I would do it for this book alone at this point. Like, if for one month, you can go and read this entire book. And it's worth $5. So, I'm a buy. I continue to be a buy. Yeah. Yeah. It is good, good times. As a double buy on Delver number three. Next up is Go- Gogor, it is pronounced. Oh, is it? That is what it says in the after 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 letter. So, Gogor, not Gogor. Gogor, it is. Well. Gogor, number one, created, written, drawn, colored, and lettered by Ken Gehring. What do you think, Eric? This is, I looked at this book. I, I just looked at the art, and I went, this looks like a comic book we should read. It looks like a comic book that Eric would like. Yes, it does. Do you like it? Uh, uh yes. <laughs> okay, just make just <clears throat> gotta do my due diligence. It is. It is. It's. It's pretty strong. You know, it doesn't try and do a whole heck of a lot. It just introduces characters and and a world and tries to make them interesting and meaningful and set stakes. It's all relatively, I don't know, simple storytelling, not trying to be too much. And there's a 
weird plant Hulk man with bad hair. Gagor. Yeah. People riding bees. Weird uh, running mole creatures. Yeah, it, the 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 uh, the afterword by the the creator. It's influenced by works such as Miyazaki, Corbin, Mobius, Henson, Frazetta. Well, that that is worn right on its sleeve then, because it is. I thought of every one of those things yep. when I was reading that. Yep. <laughs> I thought of, I Mobius and Miyazaki in particular. Those I, well, were, I, I even I was, it did not take me too long to come up with Corbin. That as well. Um, I I think of I thought of Bone as well. Mm-hmm. Jeff Smith. I can I can see it. But I think you're right. I think this book is good. I think it's simple. But again, I like I just what I just said about Delver, I think applies to this book as well, where it is I think one, it's I I think it looks great. I think it's very beautiful. Um I think that it is simple, it's very clear, and it mm-hmm. but it executes well on those ideas. It executes literally like, hey, this is here is a, a a small part of this greater world, and here's a single character for you to kind of get attached to and follow along, and you get a little peek into the his wider world, and you understand the you understand the conflict, you understand the drama. Um, we get a little bit of introduction to a greater cast of characters. Um, there's a little blue goblin man, who seemingly a little Yoda guy. Seems like he's a I don't know. <laughs> A little cabbage eater. Yeah, he likes he likes his boiled cabbage. Uh, I mean, and who doesn't? Uh, I no, thank you. You're, you would be wrong, sir. I mean, I, I like cabbage. I don't want it boiled. It turns into mush, gray mush. Blech. Um, <laughs> but I like I like this comic a lot. It, it's it's it's. I think this is also a very good all ages. Uh, book and i mean that in the truest sense of the word and like you could give this to a younger audience and they would enjoy it as well while i am an adult man and i also enjoy it no so far there's there's nothing uh grotesque about it is it labeled as all ages um i don't think so i could not pick out anything objectionable about it no that's what i mean i think it's just like it i I think it if it feels like a like bone it feels like that it feels like Mm-hmm. Where you could give it to anyone, and they would go, "Oh, this is this is great. This is fun," and that's kind of where I'm at with this one. Uh, I'm interested to see where this goes. Like, how is this going to be a, a long epic, or is this just like a short little thing? I don't know. Uh, but I'm on board. Bye. Um. Yeah. I mean, comparing and contrasting it with Delver, there's it. It feels like there's less depth to the characters here, but there's still a lot of uh really good stuff and i want to i want to know what happens so this is this is a book i'm excited to buy it's double by gogor number one next up is ghost tree number one written by bobby kernow art simon gain colors by ian herring with becca kinsey letters chris mowry with a consulting by takuma okada they ha- which means they had a japanese friend they're like is this japanese and you're like, yeah, it's good enough. So what do you think about Ghost Trier? Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I wonder, because it doesn't feel, um, I've been very kind of anxious about, um, or 
Orientalism in stories. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was a kind of topic du jour because uh, Craig Thompson released a teaser for his new book recently, and it's about either China or Japan, and knowing him, maybe both. Um, <clears throat> this feels a little bit like it's got less of the Orientalism in it. Um, it doesn't seem to center on the otherness. They just seem like people. Right. Um, but it does look like it's going to focus on a lot of... I'm going to say yokai. I'm not even sure if that's the correct descriptor. The the Like the Japanese ghost mm-hmm. um, sort of mythology. Um, I don't know. I... I enjoy this. I think the art is nice and weird and quirky, but also hangs together, looks very good. Um, tells the story, establishes interesting characters. It's an interesting premise that the guy has unexplained powers to see dead spirits, including his his Jichan. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it is... It's an interesting change. It was a change of pace reading this right after I read this and Gagor right back to back and Mm -hmm. that they are very different. Um, Like this is more like it's paced very slowly. It's very like kind of uh, I don't want to say leisurely, but it feels like very slowly paced, but it's very that's not a bad thing. I think in this case, it feels like introspective. you're, You're following this character as he's an older man now and he's coming back to his this this place where he knew his grandfather and has to reckon with this ability and i think that's the i think that's interesting we're dealing we're getting again just like i it does in the fact that it's so different from gagor it also does a lot of the same things and that it is giving us peace into this wider world about People, you know, one person per generation in the family might have this power to see the ghosts, and he still has his grandmother there. He still has, like his living relatives are still there, and while but his grandfather has passed, and along with a bunch, many other ghosts that are there, and I, it, it's it does just enough to pique my curiosity. Like I want to know what's what's with all this stuff. What's with this little this weird uh, hooded cloaked ghost that is following him around that is like this this is is it is that controlled by the the girl i don't know i don't know if they're if they are they seem to be partners in in some way but and she is like an old flame of his i assume um judging from the 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 picture of what looks like the two of them yeah um i'm a buy i i i I also agree it looks great uh i think the Mm -hmm. art is, is really good um i i think this book is really intriguing it's a a solid book. Really good. I hope it continues to be good. Me too. Uh, Double Buy, Ghost Tree, number one. Uh, last book of the week is Nobody is in Control, number one. Written by Patrick Kinlan, art by Paul Tucker, hand lettered by Wallace Ryan. So, Eric, you used the word for you're the villain that it makes you tired? Exhaust you? Mm-hmm. Reading this book did that to me. I found that interesting. I mean, this book is a lot. Um, I think that it is honestly kind of unfocused, but I still enjoy it. 
Uh, I you're unfocused. Yes. Mm-hmm. It feels no. It's a it's it's it, it even is kind of a mess. It's it's like a lot of layers to the narrative stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know that there's weird metaphorical things happening that really aren't like literally happening to the characters, but we're seeing a kind of layer on top of their conversation. Like all of a sudden the guy's dressed in Nazi regalia because they're talking about Nazis. Mm-hmm. It, it It's strange that way. And I don't think it's necessary. It does kind of liven it up a little bit, but I, I do think that it's too much. I'm, I mean, I, I, I think I understand why all that stuff's happening because this conversation is literally all that happens in this comic book. Yes, exactly. It's, it is two guys walking in the woods and falling down a hill. That there are, if you watch enough very bad movies, low budget bad movies made by amateur filmmakers, you know, B movies, you find, you find a pattern of many times they end up in the woods doing nothing but walking around because it was free to tape in the woods to record in the woods there was you don't need you don't need the permits so you could go out in the woods and just record and they would just walk around for hours and that would be a movie and those are bad movies uh those are not good they're not entertaining i don't know why i should care about either of these characters what Okay, one is a retired radio host who apparently had a lot of uh who like would entertain crackpot conspiracy theories. And the other guy is literally someone I know nothing about except he he likes crackpot conspiracy theories. He got shot. He has a briefcase. Uh and he talks about and there's a helicopter hunting him, I suppose. I understand I I I think I see where this comic book is going, but this first issue does not does not make me want to continue on if this is what I'm going to be getting. It's just conversations about light bulbs and and oligarchs and conspiracies i need to care about these characters why do i care about either of these men personally you know this guy got over for me i uh, really on the first page i thought it was an interesting idea that this guy is struggling to keep up with the sort of partisan nature of radio programming, AM radio, talk radio, whatever, and just sort of sits it out because he can't really stand it. Um, that that intrigued me to who his character is. I mean, I'm not going to say that this this book is a masterpiece, but I enjoyed my time with it. I thoroughly, I found it thoroughly boring. <laughs> that's and that's like that is the that's that's the kiss of death i don't it's i i don't i there's plenty of fiction out there that is uh, you know trying to extrapolate on the nature of conspiracy theories and youtube and the way that we are that they are coming back alive because of i because of a variety of reasons uh this i i if I think there is a good base here with that character, the radio host guy, but most of this book is him listening to a random dude he found in the woods. And I don't know, I, I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm a do not buy. I think that it's really interesting because I 
I don't know. I found it very intriguing. It's a weird situation. This guy's isolated and... I don't know. Random dude carrying a briefcase with a bullet hole in his chest. I found that I found that compelling. I think it's odd that that every bit of this fell flat for you. I just don't know why I should care. I mean, what's the hook? That's fine. You don't have to. The hook is just. I mean, to to me, it's compelling, weird situation. Guys running from something. What is he running from? Have you ever the, seen the sort of point of view character? Is, I mean, we, the, 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 as we discussed, this this radio host guy. Have, have you seen the movie Conspiracy, Kirk? I've not. Or conspiracy? No, it's Conspiracy Theory. Is the name mm-hmm. of the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts came out in the late '90s. It is this exact plot. Okay. Sort of. Not really, but kind of. Mel Gibson's conspiracy, conspiracy nut, uh, who is a taxi driver. Julia Roberts is like a like a respectable person kind of and turns out this is this conspiracy not this actually stumbled upon a real conspiracy um i i don't i didn't like that movie either so that's just me that's perfectly fine are you a buy i i enjoyed this honestly do you like the art i had a i had a it's not bad okay you know it's a little it's a little weird a little mushy i feel like it is taking on a lot and I think does a fairly good job, you know, manages to tell a story really well, uh, despite not being like amazing illustration, you know, is good storytelling, though, manages to have the weird other layer of just showing you random shit related to the story. And I think that it comes across what it's trying to do. I think there's plenty of good in here. I'm I'm. This is this has clearly got to be pushing some buttons in you that it just doesn't work. I am very surprised that you like this. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. That's a split decision. Nobody has control. Number one, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been doing the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, Makes recommendations about art and talk about stuff. Eric, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Managed to keep uh, managed to keep the WWE Network for a whole month now, as I got billed for it, <laughs> which I'm okay with. I've found a lot of uh, worthy content, but I can't see myself keeping it for a whole lot longer at this point. Like I. <sighs> There's not, like, a whole lot of matches I'm going to go back and watch. Like, I watched some of the curated lists. Uh, Like, I watched Sting in a Dusty Rhodes documentary. And, you know, a lot of the historical stuff is really tremendously interesting. I will say probably the thing that I've enjoyed the most is the, uh, the documentary on CM Punk that they made either shortly before or roughly the same time period of when he left uh, WWE. It was before. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it was, I, it, it was it could not have been, it could not have been, it was it like, could not have been much before. Though. It was right during his very long championship reign, I believe. Um, or right after that, that was, but that was roughly a year. I think before I remember when it came mm. out the first time I watched it then, uh, I think it's like a year prior to his, his leaving. Um, 
Uh, have you watched any? Have you been watching any of the uh, those the Vice produced stories? Uh, I know you talked about Bruiser Brody, right? Yeah, yeah. I I saw the Bruiser Brody one, and I saw the Macho Man one, the Macho Man slash Miss Elizabeth one. I am not up to date with uh, whatever has come out since. I, I know that there was a third one released, and I don't remember whom about. Um, but the first two were excellent. The Bruiser Brody one in particular, which I was coming into completely cold, was um, just really good. Did I not? Did I check in with it at some point? No, you just mentioned it to me. You did not check in with it. Okay. Oh, they're very good. Have you been watching them? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. I mean, some of the no, stuff they're... I'm very fam- I'm very familiar with, so it's not yeah like the Bruiser Brody stuff. I've read a lot about that in. No, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any documentaries about it. Does it's fascinating that they would do a documentary about it in the first place? I think mm-hmm. that they've released one more, and that's and no two more. They've done the Montreal Screwdrop episode and the Von Eric Screwdrop. The, I'm really interested in seeing the Von Eric uh, one because the Von Eric one is something that I don't think has been covered a lot. Like Bruiser Brody has been. I think there's been there has been some journalism done that the the mm-hmm. story of the Von Erics has had very mostly been relied on like rumor and weird you know shoot interviews there hasn't been actual journalism done on it so i think i'd be really interested to watch the von erics uh it came out uh as of this recording four days ago Mm -hmm. and there are there's one scheduled to be released in three days as of this recording uh on uh gorgeous gino and then on the 15th of may we have one of the fabulous moolah coming mm-hmm. out yeah that's whew, that's a, that that also deserves attention because of how terrible yep. a person she was um but mm-hmm. i'm 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 curious about that i i'm i don't i i the ww network has does have a tremendous tape library because of all the stuff that they own all this old yeah. old stuff that i i'm interested in watching i'm not interested in supporting the wwe with my money so I get that. I don't particularly like a lot of the things that they do, and I I don't intend to keep this. Uh, I don't I don't see any reason to keep it for much longer. But I have enjoyed my time with it for now. And they're they're they are there's they're undergoing a little bit of crisis management right now because the ratings are so bad. Yeah, and there's lots of news about that and how it's going to affect. Tell their their television and all that stuff. It's very interesting. I'm seeing. I'm curious to see what happens, but I don't. It's not confounding to me why the ratings are going down. They make bad television, and they have for for years now. People are giving up on it. Yeah. Well, particularly you know when there's more and more options mm-hmm. than ever. You know. Um. What in the hell was I gonna say? I don't know. You're at you are at, you had the you you've had the WWE Network for a month. Yeah. No, I did get to watch them uh, ruin Oscar and Shinsuke Nakamura's careers. I think what a uh, fucking waste. I would think I'm not. I think Shinsuke is perfectly happy coasting. Um, he he from all accounts, he did this in New Japan as well. Like he would, you know, we think of the the those tremendous matches he put on with Tanahashi and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. But there was plenty of times when he would just kind of chill and not try very hard because, you know, it's not a big match. So he'd kind of, he just kind of coast. And that's what he's, I, I think this is his kind of like, Hey, this is where I can get paid a lot of money, live in Florida, go surfing a lot, 
my his bio accounts his family likes it in florida i think that's what he's doing i don't feel and he's you know he's almost 40 years old at this point it's not like he's mm-hmm. going to be doing a lot more with his career oscar on the other hand i do think is waste being wasted she's so talented but again she's i don't she's pretty amazing i it's that is why why it's good to have competition that's why I'm glad that the AEW will be a legitimate alternative that people can go to, and it's already it's already causing, you know, some. It's making waves. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So, well, well, that's. I don't. I'm. I try not to get too caught up in my favorites getting quote unquote wasted or buried or whatever, like you know the people talk about on subreddits and all that. But you know, they 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 have. They have agency if they want to leave. Now they have a place they could go because if Asuka wants, if after her contract's over, she will have plenty of places she can work. There will be no shortage of suitors for her to go and be the face of a company because that's what she would be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's, 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 that's another, that's why I have to stop watching the WWEs because they just don't know, they don't know what they're doing. <sighs> they don't know how to tell stories. Not interested in it. They're interested yeah, in making they... moments. Not interested in telling stories. Yeah. West, re- their wrestling has just gotten to be more and more a big weird cartoon. And it's just, it's a lot of it's hard to watch. You are correct. Um, I don't know. There's good stuff in it. NXT is still really fun. Mm-hmm. It's almost worth it to have it just to watch takeovers. And I, I, I would love to be able to follow the career of some of these young guys and some of the more recent NXT graduates. But like, I, I remember you being so excited about Cesaro, and I don't know. Like, I, I think that I'm just, I just think it's, I'm, we're lucky that. Cesaro and Sheamus as a team didn't turn into like the fucking like white supremacist stable. I mean, it's, I think, it, it, I mean, they just uh, split. I think Sheamus is retiring because of, you know, accrued injuries, I, I think is the the rumor. It's not That's official tough. or anything. Poor so, guy. I mean, he extended his career by being in that tag team with Cesaro because he didn't have mm-hmm. to take as many bumps. Um, and Cesaro is going to, is going, um, Going solo for now, um, and that I mean, and that's when you mention Cesaro, when you mention like, hey, or, or Bailey or, or Sasha Banks, where these people were. I yeah, I follow them in NXT. I follow, I watched them for years in NXT. Finn Balor, I it, from being Prince Devitt in New Japan, I watched him do that. I watched him be in NXT as Finn Balor with the Demon. I watched Bailey. I watched all these people like grow and go through these great arcs in NXT, and then they go to the main roster. And suddenly, people and I—that's the thing that confounds me—is the people who say, "Oh, they obviously don't have what it takes to be good on the big on the main roster." I'm like, "No, that doesn't." I watch NXT. They did great. They were they were we under I understood their character. I understood their story. I under, they put on great matches, and that's what wrestling is. Those three things. Mm-hmm. And when they come to the main roster, they flounder. That seems like it's not their. That's not their failure. It's someone else's. It's the person telling, trying to, to. It's Vince McMahon's failure because he is. What regardless of what anyone tells you, he's the person and he's the one who, who still this is an insane micromanager, and yeah. makes all the decisions for every character. Um, 
he is 70 plus years old. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. And I get tired of that. Like, yeah, NXT is great. I, I, I like everyone in NXT. I think Velveteen Dream is amazing, but I don't think I, he should stay in NXT. He should never leave NXT because as soon as he goes to the main roster, he's going to flounder. Because what do you think Vince sees when he sees the Velveteen Dream? This weird, this weird androgynous character that sometimes comes to the rings with women, sometimes with men who will, you know, do ho- Hollywood Hogan cosplay in a match, will do like ring like who is incredibly uh, charismatic in a very strange way. I don't, Vince doesn't know what that is. He's going to make him, he'll have some dumb catchphrase and then, oh, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. So he's it's, it's going to turn him into Urkel. Yeah, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in seeing good characters ruined as soon as they get called up. They're making more money. So I'm, I'm happy for them because they are going to be stable in their, in their lives. So that's good. But they're not, their characters are terrible. Anything you want to talk about that's not wrestling or I mean, we could do this all day. I'm I'm going to say in general, no. <laughs> the only other thing that I've uh, that I've picked up this this past uh, week and a half, maybe, is I've been uh, listening to the Jim Ross podcast. I believe I knew about it before you recommended it to me, but I think I started listening to it just just as an idle thing to work on. I had a major project that I had to finish up. So I've kind of needed, you know, I've needed something to just sort of space out and listen to, but I don't know. Jim, Jim Ross actually does seem like a, a halfway decent person to be as old as he is, which is not, you know, it's not like he's, he's not as old as Vince. He's uh, about my dad's age. Um, but it's interesting, you know, and he's, he, he himself is a very compelling person. You know, the, um, the the whole thing with his wife dying a couple of years back, it's it's interesting to me. Uh, JR's great. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. I'm interested to see, I think, uh, AEW signing him um, as part of their announcer booth. I think one in a, he's not been good in calling New Japan matches. I don't think most people, most people agree with that. But I think that's largely not to do with the fact that he doesn't follow it regularly so he doesn't know much about it um i think one i think as a three a part as part of a three-man booth as i think you take him off the core play-by-play duties instead let him just you know insert himself in very powerful moments and help guide the story because i think his actual more important part of stuff he'll be working on in there is behind the scenes stuff like his eye for talent his eye for ability to see like, Oh, that he's the guy who scouted stone cold. He's the, he, he understood, he, he scouted Brock Lesnar. He knows he can look at a person and go, that's look at that person. That guy has it. I know what that is. I know what I know that person. If we push him in the right direction, he can take the ball, run with it and be a tremendous uh, star. And I think that's where he's very valuable is he's always been able to do that. I it, like, they talk about that going back into the early nineties and there's a lot I've, I know I've read multiple I think Meltzer is the person who said this who Vince is always maybe it wasn't Meltzer I'm not sure someone said it Vince McMahon always disliked JR because JR knew more about wrestling than him <laughs> and I think that's 
JR is worth whatever you want to pay him because I think it's not just him as an announcer that's valuable. Though people, many people, when they hear his voice, that's what they think of wrestling as. There's many, many people. When they think of a person calling a wrestling match, they think of JR's voice. But the other thing that most people aren't aware of, most casual wrestling fans, is the uh, the the value he has in his knowledge of what re- how good wrestling is and where how to shape stories to get people over how to like his mind is very very valuable he has his it's it's very obvious from listening to him talk that how sharp he is and always has been yes and i think that's vince's vince doesn't like old people on television vince doesn't like people being smarter than him so jr's always had a i think a I don't know. He's had an interesting career path through the WWE, but I am really curious to see how he's used in AEW, and I think he'll he'll make them a better company. Despite the fact people were instantly like, oh, they're paying him so much money, and he's in his 60s. I'm like, it doesn't... And he's going to be on television. He was terrible at announcing for New Japan. I'm like, well, I don't... I don't think... One, I don't think he's going to be carrying the the, the weight, the, the heaviest burden on the announce team. Uh, I think he'll be doing, like... He'll be the uh, a color commentary guy not a play-by-play guy but he is behind the scenes knowledge is incredibly invaluable more valuable than like despite the fact that oh it's not 2019 it's not the same like well it's storytelling hasn't changed you still like how to get underdog an underdog over how to tell a story about uh, this villain versus this guy like that's not storytelling is largely the same he knows how to do that in this podcast i think i mean you get some of that kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm in the, the older dude ranting about young people things occasionally, but his base of very, knowledge. Very, very occasionally. It's, yeah. Um, it is it is evident that, you know, when Brandy Rhodes was on and they talked about, um, oh, what's her name? The trans lady that was added to the Women's League. Nyla for Rose. AEW. Huh? Nyla Rose. Yeah. He was obviously very confused and i'm like all right old man but he didn't say anything too stupid and admitted that he was a little out of his depth and a little out of his understanding so it was refreshing to not just have him say well you see here boys are boys and girls are girls buy my barbecue sauce don't don't put park your car on the train tracks (laughs) what have you not like there are s- multiple episodes where some sponsor instead of having them directly plug their product paid for him to do a PSA for going in front of a train. Ah, okay, got it. And he he does it in like three different episodes and then there was an episode where Conrad interviews JR and Conrad did the train PSA. And it's just so weird. It's so, so odd. Like, I thought, I don't know, maybe it's a thing that's very important to, to JR. How did, did his wife die in an accident? Is that what it was? I, I mean, she, she was, she got hit by a car, uh, like a block from their house. She was on a scooter. I, I Jesus nothing, Christ. nothing to do with train tracks. I mean, yeah, it's a terribly, terrible, tragic accident. I'm sure, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine the, heartbreak uh when you they were married for like 40 years it's insane yeah i mean he he was conrad interviewed him about the story and it, like she left him for the first time 
roughly the same time when uh, he was on his way out at WCW and it was just like a really shitty sounding period of his life. And it was, it's very compelling. It makes me want to read his book. The podcast is definitely fun. And I, I like good old JR. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, Hey Eric. What's up, Bob? I saw Avengers Endgame. That is, that, that is the thing to do. Apparently if you're not me, I, yeah, I just assume you would see it because everyone on Earth is seeing the movie. Apparently, I mean, you're 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 not wrong about that. Everyone assumes that I have seen it by now. I just really, I'm in no rush. I just didn't want to. I wanted to be. I wanted to be fresh. I didn't want to be spoiled. And the internet, the nature of it, and then th- and the amount of time I spent on spend on it, it is um going. It was going to happen if I didn't. If I didn't go cut, just go see it. And I saw it on, I saw it on I a Friday. Probably, right. I should probably just go as soon as we're done recording. Honestly, it's, it's, Hey, I'm, I, I will remain spoiler free, even though I, I, you know, I will not give out. There's not, frankly, it's not an easy move to spoil because it is so big. And right. it, it has so like, it's a three hour movie. I did not, it did not feel three hours to me. It zipped by. I was, entertain the entire time um it doesn't feel like it should exist like it feels so it feels so impossible yeah it because you go back i i remember feeling so kind of overwhelmed when i first saw the first avengers movie because it felt it felt that same way it felt like wow I am watching an Avengers movie. Look at there's there's Captain America and Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye, the the the, the Thor. They're all there, and they're all working. And this whole movie is constructed. And we get all these characters all bouncing off of each other, and this feels impossible. How did they do this? And now, ten years after that, they have a movie with ten times the characters in it. Managed and it, it and I I would say my only criticism of it that's a little bit a little bit messy at times in tonally I think not really I don't think and it, like it's never confusing I always know what's happening I always know the stakes I think tonally it's a little scattershot uh, I think it's impossible not to be in a three hour long movie um, but largely it avoids largely avoids that it's just here and there I, I felt it felt a little tonally dissonant at times but. Other than that, I think it's amazing. It, it feels because of that. It feels impossible. It feels like that. How did this happen? How did they make this movie with all these characters all all managing to make sense and be in this universe and be there? And I look at it and I, I'm. It's just. It's a marvel. And it it, it it's it's great. I I loved it. I don't. It it does not. It is a unique thing. It's a thing that's never existed in movies before where it fully ex- – it does not – it is – this is for people who've seen a lot of the movies and know these characters. It, it – because those movies exist. Like, it wants you to have seen Black Panther. It wants you to have seen Thor uh, Ragnarok. It wants you to have known the Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it assumes you know these characters. You know Pepper Potts and, and Tony Stark and you follow their arcs. You, you know who they are. Uh, you know who Hawkeye is. You know the stakes of his character. And that's it's a thing that only comic books have done before, and now they're doing it in movies. Um, but I'm that's what I want in this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I fully suggest it. I fully recommend this movie. I don't 
I loved it. I'm going to see it again, probably in theaters before it leaves. Um, it touched me. It is, it's emotion, emotionally moving. Everyone I know that's seen it says they cried. I did. So, I, like, I, quite, a, quite a bit. I cried as well. And I was holding back ugly tears for like the last hour. And everything that happens in the last hour just adds to it. You're like, <gasps> or you're just like, I need to, I can't, I'm going to start sobbing. I can't help it. It's just like, it's just like, it's it, some of it is just the, the way that they tell the story. It's very effective. And man, just, just thinking about some of the things that happen makes me tear up it is it's very powerful and it's not and i don't i don't know i i'm not gonna it, i've seen some criticism of it talk about oh it's just it's a big superhero it's dumb and full of superheroes i'm like i if you follow these character arcs it is as impactful as anything i've ever watched it is it is it, it made it like it in it in twofold in that they've really excellently laid out these character arcs of the core avengers team throughout the entire all these phases of movies and two just seeing every time when i see these characters like these characters have been a part of my life since i was a child and now i'm seeing them on screen with with these actors who have almost all been excellently cast and the writing is tight um the 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 dialogue is good it manages to be funny and touching and moving and i it's impressive i i can't I I think I I'm 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 really interested to see where they go next. Uh, I'm going to be Spider Man. The next Spider Man movie comes out in a month or two. Uh, I'm excited to see that uh, because that's the last, technically the last movie of this phase before they move on to the next thing, the next phase, which I assume will be the New Avengers. Um, but I'm I cannot recommend this movie enough. Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to touch on, just touch on is a book. Uh, it's called Wasteland, The Great War and the Origins of Modern Horror by W. Scott Poole. If you are interested in, if you like horror, the genre of, in in any media, movies, books, anything, you should, it's a good book. It, it's uh, it, it's diving into how World War I is kind of the roots of modern horror. About it, you, you dig into what World War One did to society and how it helped basically invent what modern what horror is and still is to this day. Like the, I think it has I think it largely its thesis is correct in that World War One is the birth of modern horror and like you can you can trace back a lot how many horror subgenres that exist today, you can trace all the way back a hundred years ago. Um and it's really well researched. It is actually very inspiring as a person who writes horror. It's it, it it gives me a lot of kind of juice to 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 try new ideas because of the how these people, how all these creators, all these creative writers and movie makers at the time, how they saw this horror in front of them. They saw what World War One did to people, what happened on Earth, and how they communicated those ideas through art. And it's really fascinating. Um, if you're not a fan of horror, no, it's not for you. Um, unless you're really curious about, like, kind of... If you're curious about, like, uh, kind of, uh, I, I don't know, tautological art and, like, how art is born and how society creates art and stuff like that, you might you'll like this, too. Um, but uh, largely, it's, I think, for fans of horror and people who like scholarly stuff, which is what this is. 
but it's it's very good. I like it a lot. Neat. Ready to talk about Werecats, Eric? I we're we're gonna say some words. <laughs> no, I'm curious. I'm interested. Uh, we will move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is a part of the show where Eric and I assign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it is a comic book. This week we are discussing Man Eaters Volume 1 uh, by Chelsea Kane and Kate Nemechek, a comic set in a world where girls going uh, when whenever uh, they enter into puberty, whenever they start getting their period, they start off speaking potentially become werecats and eat people so now they they've put hormones in the drinking water so that girls don't get their their period what words do you have eric you're, you're talking about words i i honestly i feel kind of out of my depth talking <laughs> about this book really why uh I don't know. It 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 feels very strange to me. A lot of very like a combination of a lot of very strange decisions. And I don't know. It's peculiar. Well, what's the I, I what's the like what's the thing that stands out for the peculiarness? I feel like there's the, the the main thrust of the narrative is clear. I feel like there's so 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 much that Chelsea Kane is cramming in here that it feels a little bit like the metaphors are mixed. It doesn't feel like it's too clear what she's trying to say here. You think it's it's too much uh kind of satire too much parody it's not parody it's more satire how much satire is crammed in there with all the the, adver- the advertisements and mm-hmm. the advertisements in particular i think they're really they're really saying something strange um i feel like sort of by page the advertisements are half of this trade i mean the the last the last like last whatever it is it's just bonus material it's it's like uh it's not necessarily like an actual part of the comic it's like yeah but the the comic itself is pretty light well i mean i think i I think that's i think that's largely the problem it's not that the, the, the it's just that there's we only it's one volume it's only four issues not a lot and I think that's largely probably the, the the my and it's not really a problem. I like this a lot. I I don't I, I definitely don't dislike it. I just um I think that it's good. It's just weird and I don't know how to talk about it and not sound like an asshole. <laughs> that's that's a, more my concern. Okay, I'm not I I don't this, I, I'm I think concerned. it's worth addressing. We're a podcast of two bearded dudes going to talk about this comic book about women's bodies yeah i mean i think i don't well i'm not i'm not concerned about too much looking like an asshole i think i generally uh will sound i i think we dip our toes in assholishness every episode eric i don't so i'm not too concerned i, I don't really think so okay that's, 
that's what's one asshole's opinion <laughs> i'm 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 i don't i i think that's an obvious uh, we 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 can make that disclaimer overt hey we are two bearded dudes discussing a comic <laughs> about women's bodies um i i still i i think this book is great i like it a lot i my only my main complaint is i want more of it and that's not a complaint really that's more just like oh it's four issues i don't think i got enough out of just four no, issues I, I i do wish that we had um been able to read more of it to I mean, really get more of a sense of what it is she's trying to i mean i i mean like i don't obviously i i think we have a general direction of the story i think the story itself is very simple um it you know it is largely concerning just this one single one family and then starts to by the end it's starting to like spin out into a larger a little bit of a larger portrait of the the girls in uh this in this girl's friend group friends group but it's at at first it is just about these the the her the daughter and her dad and then they add the ex her her mom her the the dad's ex wife and then they add her friends at the very very end of the fourth issue and you know you we get information about it's mostly a lot of information about society about how society works now and it reminds me of a lot of stuff. It reminds me of obviously like in comics. It reminds me of Bitch Planet, easy. Um, Number one blurb on the back of this book. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that. Uh, it, it's it's different than Bitch Planet, but it does remind me of it. Um, I understand the comparison. It reminds me of uh, Female Furies. That that book we've been the 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 the, the fourth world uh, smash the patriarchy book. Fourth World Handmaid's Tale, basically, is what Female Furies is. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, but it also reminds me of a novel I've read recently. It's called The Power. Yeah, I remember you checking in with The Power. Uh, the Power is very good. The Power is about a, uh, it is a, a book where all the women in the world suddenly get it awakens in teenage girls uh, the ability they, to they get the power. They get the power. They can electrocute people that they touch, and all, and then they women start using that to take control of things. Um, it reminds me of that. But this is, is those books that, that those most, all those books are, are uh, heavier. This book is, is satirical and I, it's silly at times. And I, I think that's intentional. I, I think it's, it's trying to keep its tone distinct from those books. Like you, what if you reread Female Furies? There is not that book is not silly. That book and Bitch Planet is not silly. It's satirical, but it is not silly. This book is satirical and silly. It is closer to a Brazil, I, I would say, like in tone, than anything. Um, where you are, you're supposed to laugh at times. You're supposed to be laughing at some of this stuff, um, or at least you know, gaggling at it. You're, it's supposed to be like, hey, that's a joke. That's a gag. That's funny. The, the all the the corgis you know the 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 herd of corgis with the funny names that's supposed to be silly um but i i kind of like that it's all over the place you know it has all this stuff crammed in i kind of like it it feels kind of madcap Like I don't, I don't, I think, I think it just doesn't get a lot of story told in four issues, and I, you, I think normally I would be where I'd be like, "There's not enough. This is not dense enough 
tell more story in your comic book, which I was literally last week or last episode. Mm-hmm. But we say it a lot. I say it a lot. I think I don't mind it in this because of I think that a lot of that the extraneous at the advertisements and that that those that the extra material that are like pe- plastered in here and there throughout the comic it informs how this world works now how what are the rules of this world in a kind of way but it does an excellent job of of establishing the policing of women's bodies it establishes like it makes it overt you know and that and that's really what satire largely is 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 supposed to do is it's supposed to take things that are 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 I'm trying to think of the right word take take issues in the real world that are understood but not spoken aloud and then yell them at you i think when you have it yelling so many things it gets difficult to understand what in the fuck it's trying to say i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's supposed it's i don't think it's i think it's trying to say a lot of i think it's just largely like i think that this is just you know this again hey just a a bearded dude talking about women's bodies but i think largely that is intentional i want to say it feels like yeah it is it is yelling a lot of things at you but i think that is replicating a woman's experience is replicating a teenage girl's experience of getting yelled about their body when they're undergoing terrible changes where they don't understand what's happening. They don't, maybe don't have the education they deserve because they don't, because no one gives it to them. No one tells them what, what is happening to them and they're supposed to figure it out on their own or through weird, weird educational material that sometimes has a hidden agenda or by their, from their friends who might not know themselves. And it is confusing and it's discordant and it's, it's disorienting. And I that's I think this book achieves that. I, I don't I think that is what I get from it. It's not that I'm 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 not confused by what the the direction of the story at any time. I think the theme of hey look, there's a lot of stuff that look look at all these products for boys, and look at all these the, the look at what kind of products we get for girls. Look at how girls are segmented off and 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 sold a different a sold a different image than men are supposed to have. And then look at how men are actually policing women's bodies, policing girls' bodies, even teenage girls, and sell how teenage girls are somehow dangerous because they're going through puberty. Like it, it, it is saying a lot of things, but I don't. I, that never detracted from my enjoyment. Uh, I, I liked all that stuff. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think. I, I think in this case, I think the the kind of blown out focus is actually it feels like i don't know it feels like reading mad magazine almost i mean that's apt but i also don't read mad magazine oh well i mean i i don't read it regularly now but i used to read it all the time did Um, you really yeah yeah i used to read i used to get it every week or every month i guess i read it every all the i read it i i was so I liked Mad Magazine so much that I would get, I would pick up Cracked and all the other, those, those subsidiary mm-hmm. magazines that weren't quite mad, but you know, they were close. They were getting towards it. They would approach Mad. Um, but I, 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 I bought, when I was a kid, I bought the old collections of Mad Magazines from the 70s and 60s. I loved Mad Magazine. 
uh, I want to kind of, I want to go back and I think I've even pitched that to, for us to do a book club where we read old mad magazine. Um, I don't think you have, I think you, I think you maybe did not speak that aloud. I think I told you one upon a time and we went, no, that's a lot of reading. Um, which it is, it would be a lot of reading. Um, and the magazines, they, not, they do the, their comics are usually crammed full of words yes and that if we're and reading like meaningless words if we're reading like a a year's worth of mad magazine that's that's actually adds up to a lot of reading mm-hmm. for a like in a two-week period um i don't know i i don't disagree with what you're saying i do think it is unfocused but i like it and i don't i'm not confused by it i yeah i'm not confused by it either other than I feel like whatever message it's trying to say, it's it's cacophonous. It's not in one voice. Does it need to be? I kind of think, yeah. At least in the kind of writing that I like, this is going a lot of different directions. I mean, okay, Eric, let's say if, if let's say we remove, if there was a version of this book that removed all the ads and all the... You know, not quite ads, but the extraneous materials that it, when you just got where it was just story pages. Do you think that still applies? I would have? I think I would have less to complain about. Yes, I just, I just wish that there was some thesis statement that was I could extract from this that supported all the other crap that it's saying. I mean, I think it has a thesis statement. I think the thesis statement is. We that women's bodies are controlled, and here's a way to show it. I don't. I don't think it's anything more than that. And I think I. I don't know. I really like that. The, this premise of girls are dangerous now. Like I think it is. It is taking that. You know the the this idea of teenage girls are dangerous, and then making it real. Making making that threat real, like making it tangible. Like, yes, they're dangerous. They literally turn into murder cats that rip you apart if you're not careful. Be careful, Eric. Okay, take care of yourself. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that. I, I like all the, the the ads and stuff. They don't really. De- they, it reminds this reminds. Me, I think we even talked about Chelsea Kane this when we read when we discussed Mockingbird when we reviewed an issue of Mockingbird. Was it felt kind of like a Hawkeye book? You know, it felt like mm. one of those those all the books that came out of Hawkeye. You know, all the superhero books that came in that lineage of. Oh, now we are allowed to. <laughs> we're allowed to have a superhero book that doesn't have punching in it, basically, or has very light punching. And be very silly and irreverent and have, you know, weird divergence in, in it. I think Mocking, Mockingbird was that. I felt like Ar- – I think we compared it to Archer. Or at least I did. I remember it. I remember that tone. It being- was – well, it was very Archer. I remember it was a, a, a less stupid version of Archer. I think – I think largely I think most of the problems you see – you have with it would be erased if we just read three traits instead of one. Uh, yes. No, I agree. Because I don't think that there's, there's nothing bad in anything that's done here. It just is, I don't know, it's it's not the whole story and it's hard to extrapolate. 
you have to grasp at straws. You have to assume a lot of things. Like, I get a sense of what she's saying with these ads. I just think that largely they're just dumb. I mean, they're supposed to be, I think. I mean, I don't. They are dumb. But I mean, most ads are dumb. I mean, I can't. I can't literally cannot watch. I, I, it is the, you know, it's the routine. I go home for, 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 for Christmas and mm-hmm. my parents watch television and I go, yes, I, oh my God, how my, did I ever watch this? I think most of our generation really has the same problem. You Like I, I, I'm generally shocked at how predatory the ads on television for baby boomers are. It's always like, write me a check for all of your children's inheritance. It's fine. For this, hey, you have, I'm selling you protective services. Mm Mm-hmm. It will cost you $10 million, and you'll be safe. But I mean, I think that's, it's just whenever I see any ads or any commercials, I'm just like, oh, these are, this is awful. How do we do? How did I live with this for so long and not think, not even bat an eye at it? And now I watch one and it is stunning. It's shocking how like awful they are and how dumb they are. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's what I get from this. I know I, I, the ads are not, I think they're just, they're meant to be additive, but not necessarily too important. I think they're just like, t- they're flavor. They are world building in a way. Um, I don't, I'm, I want to see where the story goes. I'm very, I'm interested. And I mean, this is, uh, unique. This is different. Weird is the word. Weird is, I think that I reach for weird is weird is also appropriate that I, I don't know. I'm a fan of weird in general. Um, no, as am I, I, I am, I'm a, a, a big appreciator of weird. Um, I, I am all for more books like this. Um, I think it's just a question of having more of it come out. I don't know if it's, I don't know. There is, I think there's a, why did, I, I think the the question comes to me is like, why do I not care about the the density of storytelling in this versus books that I would, like I critique Runaways for doing. I, I think I, there's still, there's still density here. I mean, they're introducing a lot of characters and a lot of big ideas. That's true. There's still a lot happening in four issues, even if they're not pushing the plot button a whole lot. With Runaways, we already know everybody that's in that fucking story. They've not introduced a new character at all. But I mean, I I don't know. I I this was this was nominated for an Eiser for a, a new series. I would. I mean, I would call it well deserved. I think we need people doing weird shit. And Runaways was nominated for best continuing series. I don't have a huge problem with that. I don't either. Um, I, it's better than a lot of other things, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's that's, and we've and we've been reading we Batman White Knight, also nominated for Eisner. We, we've we've been reading a lot. Immortal Hulk, Eric, also nominated for an Eisner. We have been reading a lot of comics that have been nominated for Eisners. Yeah, in a in a row, even. Hmm. Very, I was just looking at that list, and it's like, like, oh, we've read a lot of that's it's good. We've read a lot of stuff that's that's uh, in cont- in contention. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's interesting. That's the other the other thing that comes to me is why do they collect the, just four issues in a trade? I, I think that it seems to be like a trend in in larger in comicdom. 
among non-Marvel and DC comics. All indie comics, it seems like it seems to be a trend to push the trades out faster and have less issues in them um, and for cheaper. It, it seems like it's almost like a manga, a traditional manga type thing, you know, where you can have it's it's less in a package, but it's also cheaper and it comes out more often. Do, I, do you th- I don't know if I like it, um, but I I do see the benefits of it. You know, like I can go to go to a comic store, get a trade paperback for eight dollars or ten dollars or whatever this is. Probably ten bucks, I think, on in trade in collected. But that I don't know. That's a very attractive versus spending twenty five dollars for a trade or something. But it is. I, I think the other part of me is like, I want more. I I, I don't want to have to buy twelve trades to get a story. You know, I want to buy one or two and get everything I need, which I don't. I wonder if. I think they just released issue seven or eight of this. Mm. So I don't know how, if they're going to be another trade out of the four issues after that. Um, but it, it it's a greater trend. It's interesting. I don't know. I, 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 I think it is in a, I think it is a larger rejection of normal sizes of trades. Oh yeah. There has to be six issues. That's it. And we sell it for $20. I think image has been bucking that trend for a while now. And now it's even, it's kind of, a little bit more cemented. Southern Bastards was four trades, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, we've we've been. We've, I'm I'm missing Southern Bastards. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm ready for more. I went. I will. I went and read it. It's good. Yeah, it is good. But I mean, I'm like, I, more on top of what's out there. I want. Oh yeah, no. They, they need to. They need to do stuff. It's odd that it takes the time that it takes. I mean, those are but two I guess busy guys. I guess so, but busy doing what? Uh, I mean, what, what, Latour and what, Aaron both writing many, many comic books. I understand that, but like, what? You can't get busy doing your own thing? I feel like I would prioritize my own shit, but whatever. Eh, you know, you, you make, I think, I think the model among a lot of writers and artists in the comic books nowadays is to you make a name for yourself with the big companies. You go print a, you do your your uh, self published, so create your own thing. It gets big. You go back to work with the big companies, and your name even bigger. And then you get to write Thor and big event comics, and then your name is even bigger. And then you can go and make your self published creator thing even bigger than that because now you have an even bigger name to attach to it. I think that's the idea. I think Man Eaters is very good. You get very little argument from me. I think Manitas is very good, and I think it has the potential to be great uh, as it goes on. I, I think it is largely the it is the 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 product of comic books, and that they aren't released as they are released one issue at a time, and not as a grander, greater whole. Unless you want to wait a long time until they're all done, and then go back and read them, you're not going to get a whole picture. It's I think a lot of Things we often end up saying in comics when we're doing your book, Nerdboy Book Club, is I I guess we need to wait for for months until the story is ready. But it's the nature of comics. Um, I don't know. It's very good. I think the art is very good. I like uh, Kate Nemechek a lot. Um, I I think it's suitable for for the the this book. I think the graphic design in on the the ads is good. I think it replicates those ads very well. 
I think the kind of the the plotting and storytelling works very well in trying to lay out a lot of these weird story beats and panels and stuff where it's not, you know, it's not normal. It's weird, as you said, Eric. You like it? What, for the, the, the comic art or the design art? Both. Either. I mean, I think they're both quite serviceable. Um, <clears throat> the ads really are, they're definitely more in that mad magazine realm uh but i'm willing to believe that's more their source of inspiration than um you know looking like an actual ad they're definitely over the top and stupid um i mean in terms of the comic art i i do like uh what i think they're doing it's simpler but you know it's good it's confident this is this is I don't know. It it does feel like and and reminds me of Mockingbird. Even you know, it's good. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it 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 works. It works well for this type of story for what they're doing. Um, I'm I'm I pretty much wholeheartedly recommend this. I'm I'm really intrigued by it. I really want to read more. That's ultimately what comics are they're trying to get you to do is read more books of right buy this book more in the future, and it worked. I want this. I want more of this. Would you recommend it, Eric? I think so, but I, I, I keep coming back to wish we had. I wish we had took on more of it. I think we could have waited a little bit more. I don't regret reading it. I just think that both of us maybe need to read the second and third trades and maybe revisit it. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Yeah. I mean, no, it's it's. It's worthy. Um, I think Chelsea Kane is interesting. Um, well, I mean, I think she's shaped. I think she herself has been. I, I don't know if this is in reaction to the the dumb blowback from the Mockingbird book, or if it's just something like, "Hey, I'm." I mean, she worked for Marvel. She didn't need to. She's a novelist. She doesn't need to write comic books. She did it because they came probably came to her because they wanted her to write a book, and she did it. And then they threw under the bus after she was harassed. They did nothing to help her. Mm-hmm. And then you know, so much time later, she launches her own create her own book with the same creative team that's now nominated for an Eisner. Who looks stupid in that situation? Marvel Comics looks stupid. <laughs> Well, I mean, they do a lot to make themselves look stupid, right? And I, I don't know, I, to the, for them, for her to have get a blowback from a, on a variant cover on her comic book, and then you know months later to come out with her own her own comic book that she owns that is uh, absolutely feminist in nature, it seems like there's a connection there. Uh, there doesn't necessarily need to be one, but I'm all for it. Honestly, I'm glad that she did it. I'm glad that she didn't you know flee the comic uh flee comic books never to return instead she made her own thing that now is doing very well successful and is award nominated um so kudos for that for the whole team for doing that frankly they didn't back down uh they made art instead that is powerful um anything else you want to add or not so much okay that was Man Eaters, Volume 1, Chelsea Kane, Kate Imichek, Rochelle Rosenberg, Joe Caramagna. Next time, we are reading Infidel, Volume 1, 
written by I'm gonna I this guy's name porn pornsack Pichot should say Pichot say something. I'm gonna say that it's pronounced different than that. Probably I odds are I You're, you tried it. I tried. Um, written by him Aaron Art Aaron Campbell. Um, got a lot of attention at the end of last year. A lot of end of the year lists, and it's a horror comic about Islamophobia. That's very exciting to me. I'm really interested to read it, to look at it, and discuss it. We'll be doing that in a couple weeks. Um, read along with us if you'd like. Um, that'll do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Um, you can also email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, please give it a, a sub- subscribe to it on your podcast app. If you haven't already done so, give us a good subs- a good review. Give us a five-star review or whatever the the requisite thing is on whatever podcast app you use tell your friends all those things help they they really do help get us new listeners and we appreciate each and every one of you that does it um you can find me online on twitter at robbie dorman and at my website it's robbiedorman.com on uh there you also find a link to my debut horror novel conquest the story of a small northwestern mountain town besieged by werewolves and wildfires in the in the midst of a culture war I encourage you to go purchase that or read it for free on Kindle Unlimited if you have access to that. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going freewillunlimited.com and you can see most of the things I get up to online at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. And with that, folks, we will call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll. (laughs) 